Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Have you caught a dose of FCS fever? Welcome to the FCS Fever Podcast, a part of the Aaron Torres Media Feed. Now, here's your host of the FCS Fever Podcast, Jeff Colhane. All right, here we go. Another edition of the FCS Fever Podcast. Great to be with you. My name is Jeff Colhane. Taking a look back, recapping the weekend that was around college football and the football championship subdivision. We have got a lot to get into a lot to discuss, and a lot of fun items to uh, go back and review from over the weekend. Injecting FCS fever into FBS foes. It happened again twice over the weekend, and a big portion of our podcast today will go into specifically what Jacksonville State did to Florida State on Saturday night. But we'll uh, we'll get into that momentarily as Mike Paris, the play-by-play voice who nailed the final call with the win at the horn at the gun for the Jacksonville State Gamecocks. Uh, he will join us here on the FCS Fever Podcast. How about the Dukes from Duquesne as well? Not a fully funded FCS program, the 63 scholarship limit at this level. Duquesne able to get the job done, winning in Athens, Ohio, beating the Ohio Bobcats, a proud college football program and a team in the MAC that has perennially been right at the top. Duquesne able to knock away a two-point conversion late, and the Dukes knock off the Ohio Bobcats. That's a nice win for that program. Congratulations to Duquesne. You know, they're in a league in the NEC where it's going to be a one-bid league, one big league, excuse me, but uh, it's, a, it's a situation where uh, Duquesne grabs that W. It gives them a lot of confidence now, certainly going forward here in 2021. That is a big boy win by Duquesne over the uh, the Ohio Bobcats. So shout out to that group for that impressive victory. And then Jacksonville State. I mean, I'll I tell you what, uh, I saw this finish. It was on the ACC Network. West Durham on the call. Roddy Jones did a great job. And um, it was just amazing. Uh, unbelievable to see how Jacksonville State won that football game. I'm sure Florida State fans are melting down currently right now after how that game ended. But Jacksonville State, uh, coming from behind late, they were trailing 17-7 to late in that ball game, and they had two long drives, two really long drives, to get themselves into a situation to win and a position to win that game. And then, of course, you've seen the highlight 
a 59-yard heave. Zarek Cooper to Demond Filiad Johnson on the game's final play. Filiad Johnson catching the ball at the Seminoles 20 and then beating two defenders. Got a block to score with zeros on the clock. And it was uh, pandemonium after that. We'll let Mike Paris uh, tell you and describe how that play went down. Here is his final call of the action. Jacksonville State stunning Florida State in the win on Saturday night. Snap the Cooper. Looking down the field. He's got a man. Caught it. He's free. Phil Yall Johnson at the 10. At the 5. Touchdown. 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 There are no flags. Touchdown pass on the final snap of the game. Jacksonville State has won it. All right, without a doubt, Saturday night, as you were following on social media, uh, watching, listening, the ending of the Jacksonville State-Florida State game is one many are never going to forget. And Mike Paris, the play-by-play man for Jacksonville State, absolutely nailed the final call of a crazy, crazy ending and win for the Gamecocks. And he joins us here on the FCS Fever podcast Mike, congratulations on an amazing ending, and what a win for Jacksonville State. Just take us into your headset as you're watching the the final play and even the final few minutes of this game. What's going on in your mind with this action? 17-7. We're down in the fourth quarter. Our next to last possession, uh, well, we get the ball after holding them on a goal line stand. We take over at the three-yard line. We go 97 yards, scored 17-14. Kick to them, they get one first down, and then we hold them and get the ball back roughly 92 seconds, minute 32 to go in the game. Got to have a field goal. Um, We're starting at our 17-yard line, and we had to convert a couple of times on third down just to to keep the football there. So we're down to our final play. We have a timeout left, six seconds to go in the game at our own 41-yard line. Our field goal kicker is a uh, redshirt freshman or – uh, because of COVID, redshirt freshman, sophomore, he kicked in the fall and then in the spring as yep. well for us. Longest field goal, 46 yards. You know you got to get it probably to their 30-yard line. So our coaches, I think, felt like our best chance to win was to try to get to the end zone. Didn't think we had enough time to throw a pass and get a timeout called in order to get the field goal team on the field. And the, the touchdown play actually was a, a play that we had run previously, the very previous play, as a matter of fact. Wow. Was, uh, the, it was the same play. The the one thing that stands out as we get to the line of scrimmage and Zeri Cooper, our quarterback's looking at things, I was a little surprised, and Mike Norvell, their head coach, uh, talked about that in the uh, talked about it in press conference after the game. They had the opposite of feeling of our coaches did. They felt like we could throw a pass and get a timeout call, so that's why they didn't play, I guess, what you'd say, pre-bet defense. But I noticed they had not dropped anybody deep, deep. They were playing normal defense. And Cooper just dropped it in to uh, Lamont Filial Johnson, catches it at the 10, cuts back toward the field from the numbers. He gets inside the 10 near the 5, and there's a guy that's got the angle in. I'm thinking – this is not going to end well. Going to yeah. get tackled at two-yard line, game's over. But Ahmad Edwards stayed with the play, the other wide receiver, and he gets a block on him and gets to the end zone and a touchdown, and pandemonium reigns supreme there. But it's, it, you know, it's just a lot of different things going through my mind. You know, I thought about the, the Super Bowl, the uh, uh, Titans and the Rams 
Tennessee got tackled at the what one two yard line in the Super yeah. Bowl that year that kept them from winning it. That was one thought actually in that moment that went through my mind that that it that wasn't going to happen. And you know, it turns out it was a uh, uh, Cooper's a uh, transfer from Clemson to a Duke transfer of all places from Duke to right. Jacksonville State in Alabama that they caught it. And to add on to that. For Phil Yaw Johnson, first time his mom had ever seen him play in a college football game before. He's a graduate transfer to us. She had never seen him play at Duke. So, pretty special night Yeah, there. I'm, I'm reading some of this stuff in the in the Sports Illustrated article here as well. Trips F. Bullet, Virginia is the name of the play I'm reading here. And then I'm, I'm just learning more about uh, Demond Phil Yaw Johnson's uh, family situation. His, his mother, again, I don't, if you can take us into this a little bit more from what you know, Mike. Uh, first time she's seen him play in five years, and that's the, the way the game ends. Is that is that how it all rolled that is, out? Yeah. Uh, he's from Pensacola, Florida, the Pensacola area. And because of work schedule and other things, I th- he has younger siblings that she just couldn't, you know, didn't get to Duke to see him play. And he was more noted up there. He had a nice career for them, but he was more no- uh, noted as a kick returner. In fact, he took two kickoffs to the house in one game for them a couple of years ago. I think it was back in 19. So, uh, And he didn't get here really until late. I didn't know much about him until uh, right before the season started. And I hadn't had a chance to talk to him. And I actually didn't know that the spelling is D-A-M-O-N-D. So I didn't know if it was Demond or Damond or whatever, you know. And ironically enough, I just happened to talk to him. Uh, after practice one day last week, as a matter of fact, uh, to go over to make sure I had it uh, pronunciation right. Everything. So just, uh, uh, you know, just it's one of those things, um, you know, you're in a situation, you're playing a FBS opponent, so you got the, you know, difference in scholarships where they've got 22 more than you do and a power five. And, and, and obviously uh, they're not what they were from 40 plus years at Florida State, but yeah. still, nonetheless, pretty good. And uh, uh, we just uh, did. I think we didn't give up any big plays, explosive plays. Didn't let let them have easy touchdowns. We had penalties, but we did not turn the ball over. So you get in, you know, in a game like that, that's what you got to do. And we were able to do it, have a chance in the fourth quarter, and. You know, 97 yards and 83 yards in the last two possessions My on goodness. the road at wow. Dope Campbell Stadium. I think that says a whole lot about our bunch going up, I think. Yeah, that's a, that's a dream ending for sure as Mike Paris with us, Jacksonville State's play-by-play man, on the call for the uh, stunning ending and game winner at Florida State. Uh, you guys had played Florida State, correct me if I'm wrong, last fall and, and, and played admirably, played well, kept it really tight and close. How much – do you feel like that game helped the confidence of this team coming off of a loss against UAB where I know you guys didn't feel like you played very well? To be brutally honest, we were not very good at all against UAB. And uh, I executed much better. I thought we had a terrific game plan on both sides of the football against Florida State. And we had, you know, uh, like everybody else around the country, most of our guys are back this year. So I think that did help going in there to play them. Now, the crowd obviously was a whole lot different. And, you know, they've had that emotional game on Sunday night for them to start the season against Notre Dame. Had a great crowd talking to their people. It was the best crowd, best atmosphere they'd had in Tallahassee in a while. And, and I think they really felt like, you know, that that uh, they had it 
back on the track, so to speak, even though it was just one game. They all felt pretty good about how everything had went, even though they got beaten overtime. But uh, I think that did help our guys. I thought personally, when I watched them against Notre Dame in the opener, I thought they were better right then than the team that we saw last year, especially defensively. They seemed to get to the ball faster and just get after it more. Um, and I'll be honest, I I didn't think we had a chance going in Saturday night based on the way we had played against UAB. <laughs> it's one of those where you're just hoping, you know, just uh, improve your play and play better and, uh, you know, don't get embarrassed. And, and I don't know, maybe you might have a chance to win before it's all over and it just happened. Everything fell into place and, and it worked out. And I had some credit to our kids and our coaches, you know, for, for being ready. And again, I thought our, you know, the game plan on both sides of the football was 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 very good, was very sound, and our guys executed. Mike, following along on social media after the UAB win, I know your your guys as fans were frustrated, uh, disgruntled. What does this game do for them and for John Gross as well moving forward into a unique season with this this new you know conference setup you guys are a part of as well. Well, what fans are short for fanatic, isn't it? So that says yeah. a whole lot right there. Uh, I think it, you know, it, it. We'll see, but I think it's one of those things that could boost you or lift you to to loftier heights, you know, than maybe you expected or whatever. Um, and I think for Gross, it's hard to believe that a guy's what like sixty nine and twenty two in his career that, and it been in the playoffs every year except one that he's been our coach. That uh, you know, you'd have. I guess wolves or whatever coming after him or whatnot. But look, he's handled, he doesn't worry about any of that, handled it very well. But I think that was a big win. Uh, and, and one of the biggest, probably for us, especially since we moved to uh, uh, Division One with our athletic program, we beat Ole Miss in 2010, a different game and, and not a knock against Ole Miss. But that team in 2010 for the Rebels, not as, I don't think will be as good as this Florida State team is going to be. Plus, and again, I know Florida State's not what they were, but you're talking about 40-plus years of just unbelievable tradition at Florida State with all that they accomplished with Coach Bowden and then with Jimbo Fisher as well. So I think this one you know, means a little bit more than that. And uh, arguably for John Gross, his biggest win, I think, is as a head coach at Jacksonville State. There you go. That's uh, it's 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 always it's always intriguing the ebbs and flows of a football season, week by week. And right now, it's uh, it's flowing well for the Gamecocks after that win at Florida State. Mike Paris joins us. Mike, thanks so much for the time. Enjoy this one. We'll catch up with you down the road during the season. Bye, right, Jeff. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. All right, big thanks, Mike Paris, Jacksonville State radio play-by-play man. As the Gamecocks uh, again, a tough loss. Didn't look good against UAB, and I know uh, Gamecocks fans were starting to uh, feel a little frustrated with John Gross and this staff, but uh, they can be happy now after that win over Florida State, and uh, what great storylines are on that final play as well as uh, Mike uh, laid them out for us. So Mike Paris, Jacksonville State's play-by-play man with us here on the FCS Fever podcast. All right, what else we got uh, we, we look back on here from the weekend. Well, we highlighted it on Friday's podcast last week. It was a lone matchup of two top 25 ranked teams in the FCS, and it was worthy of the highlight and, and worthy of the discussion. Missouri State and Central Arkansas, uh, two top 25 ranked teams going head-to-head, meeting for the third time in under a year. And folks, I'm watching this game on Saturday night, Plaster Stadium, Springfield, Missouri. I tweeted out this game is bananas. It was. 
it was back and forth, back and forth late in the game between these two teams. Uh, tons of scoring down the stretch. I believe five touchdowns, four lead changes late in the game. Missouri State beat Central Arkansas 43-34. to uh, Jason Shelley, the quarterback for Missouri State, making some plays late, also saw Missouri State make some big plays in the uh, special team side of things as well. And that was an item that we saw during the springtime out of the Bears where they were able to get some things done in the return game as uh, we saw that from Missouri State again in this contest with a kickoff return after it felt like Central Arkansas had grabbed some of the momentum in this game. Montre Braswell uh, saw him do this in the springtime. He does it in the, the fall against Central Arkansas, a kickoff return for a score, and momentum shifts back and forth between the uh, the Bears and the Bears in Arkansas. But Missouri State gets the win. Tyler Wiltz a pick six at the end of the game to uh, secure the victory, picking off Braylon Smith. Central Arkansas's wide receivers are fantastic. Luan Winningham, Tyler Hudson, those two guys are really, really good players. Tip of the cap to Bobby Petrino and his Missouri State squad. Let me say this. Missouri State does not have a ton of successful history with their college football program, but Bobby Petrino has come in. He has revamped the roster. He has brought in some transfers, obviously, to bring in a higher-talented caliber of player, and Missouri State has a, a good feel about it right now as you watch what they did in the springtime for Bobby Petrino and now what they have done early on in this fall season, nearly winning at Oklahoma State and then beating Central Arkansas, a team they lost to twice last fall, beating them in a shootout. It's a big game potentially as well for the postseason aspirations for Missouri State, a team that is looking to get back into the postseason, a squad, as I mentioned, that has not had a lot of postseason success with this college football uh, program. They got in the playoffs in the springtime, and a win like this over Central Arkansas can be the difference maker come November when the committee gets together looking at the at-large field. If Central Arkansas and Missouri State are two teams that are being discussed, I don't know how you cannot use this, obviously, as the trump card to get the Missouri State Bears into the postseason. And can I also say, Plaster Stadium, I'm a fan of it. Being there a few times, I like that facility. They had a really good crowd. It looked like watching the game on TV on Saturday night. Uh, make whatever you want to say about Bobby Petrino, his past, uh, however you want to categorize it, he's got the Bears moving in the right direction. Missouri State with the win over Central Arkansas on Saturday night. Not to be too Missouri Valley Football Conference heavy here in this uh, portion of the podcast, but Northern Iowa caught my attention as well Saturday. Talked about the Panthers. They lost a hard-fought game at Iowa State in week number one. Mark Farley and his staff, they put a ton in the offseason into those games when UNI plays Iowa State or Iowa in-state Power 5 foes, and they have had success against those programs. Did not know what we were going to get from Northern Iowa at Sacramento State. Sac State, a team coming off a 2019 magical season themselves, did not play at all in 2020. And the Panthers, you don't want to start 0-2, much like a Central Arkansas. You don't want to start 0-2. Northern Iowa has had a history of doing this, starting slow 
and then finding a way to revamp and get it going later in the year to make their way into the playoffs. But this was a big win, I felt like, for Northern Iowa and a new day for the UNI offense. We're talking about Theo Day. The Michigan State transfer comes in. Sean Watson, the UNI offensive coordinator, looking to get some things moving in the right direction with that offense. They make the change at halftime, and Theo Day comes in, and the Panthers get the spark they're looking for, scoring on their next four drives, first four drives of the second half, and the UNI defense, they were ball hawks all night out at Sac State, forcing six turnovers, three interceptions, three fumbles recovered, Shout out. You talk about, you know, helmet stickers or game balls, whatever you want to call it. How Cuvalier for Northern Iowa? He had a game high 15 tackles. He also recovered two fumble recoveries, forced one as well. Spencer Cuvalier, very impressive. If Northern Iowa can figure it out on offense, that's always been the big question as of late. Since, you know, they lost guys like David Johnson uh, seven, eight years ago. Aaron Bailey at quarterback in 2015 and early in 2016. Northern Iowa just has really not found consistency on the offensive side of the ball. They're always always very stout on defense. If Mark Farley and Sean Watson have a quarterback in Theo Day, Northern Iowa's prospects all of a sudden become even more interesting in the Missouri Valley Football Conference with that change. And the top of the FCS continues to roll, flexing their muscles, looking dominant, Sam Houston, they route Southeast Missouri State 52-14. to I feel like they're a very confident group. I know I say it over and over again. Casey Keeler is out the trenches. Eric Schmid uh, is a, a guy that is, he's just a, he's a leader. He's a grinder. He's a good player. They follow him anywhere he wants to go. Sam Houston in this new WAC AQ7 league this season, which will be fascinating to follow with some good teams in it. Sam Houston off to a good start. South Dakota State, they flex their muscles over D2 Lindenwood, 52-7, to although I did see a picture of Isaiah Davis, their running back with his arm in a sling on the sidelines. Not quite sure what to make of that. Hopefully he is okay. He is a huge part of that one-two punch with he and Pierre Strong Jr. James Madison, the Dukes, they get a big blowout win over Maine in a conference game, winning 55-7. to the Dukes are the class of the CAA, and I don't know if anybody is really close right now. Villanova maybe in that league. Richmond, New Hampshire, they are 2-0 and after beating Towson this weekend. But uh, nobody right now knocking on the doorsteps of the Dukes of James Madison. Hey, I'll say this. I, I really want to go catch a game in Missoula at Washington Grizz Stadium. Obviously going to be tough to do unless NDSU is playing at Montana but seeing, again, fans back in the stands, um, it is one heck of an atmosphere there at Washington Grizzly Stadium in Missoula. They uh, entertain Western Illinois. Close game early. Uh, Western's got two really good wide receivers in Dennis Houston and Tony Tate, but Montana just overpowering too much. That defense, Cam Humphrey got it going at quarterback, throwing the football. The Grizz now 2-0 and with a 42-7 to victory. And, and look, a lot of attention has been paid to the North Dakota State dynasty over the last 10-plus years, and rightly so. Uh, I feel like the Bison, they're comfortable right now not being talked about maybe as much as some of these other teams. Uh, they've got all the pieces that they need, 
and they did not bow down or dip down to the level of their competition against Valparaiso in a 64-0 route over uh, Valpo out of the PFL. Valpo, by the way, guys, coming off of a great spring, had one of their best seasons, their best season since 1999, uh, but they had some pieces missing. It was already going to be an uphill task, and the Bison uh, just uh, dominated. The stampede was on inside the Fargo Dome on Saturday afternoon. Quincy Patterson the second taking his next steps forward at quarterback. His next test will be now on the road as NDSU travels all the way out to the Baltimore area to take on Towson, uh, a CAA foe, second CAA team uh, on the schedule for NDSU as the Bison in a route uh, take down Valpo, 64 to nothing. Plenty of bright spots for NDSU in that win Saturday at the Fargo Dome. All right, speaking of helmet stickers or game balls, I did want to recognize two more individuals from over the weekend. Hey, keep this guy's name on the tip of your tongue. Fordham's Ryan Greenhagen is a tackling machine right now. An FCS single game record, 31 tackles against Nebraska. The uh, The Rams lost to Monmouth, who also I think is a, is a scary good team as well. Greenhagen had 28 more tackles. 28 tackles versus Monmouth. On Saturday, this guy is all over the place. Ryan Greenhagen, Fordham linebacker, he is going to be somebody to talk about for the Buck Buchanan Award when that uh, defensive honor comes up later on in the season. And shout out Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, and the Jackson State Tigers. They had an impressive win, a dominant effort over Tennessee State over the weekend in front of a uh, raucous crowd in Memphis, Tennessee, 46,000-plus fans at Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium for the Southern Heritage Classic as Deion Sanders' son, Shadur Sanders, the freshman, he's been given the reins by his father, the head coach at Jackson State, and he he entertained the masses, showing why he is the guy, a big-time recruit out of the state of Texas, 30 of 40 for 362 yards and three touchdowns for Shadur Sanders out of Jackson State. A game ball helmet sticker heading his way as Coach Prime's Jackson State Tigers takes down Eddie George's Tennessee State Tigers by the final of 38-16. to Shadur Sanders making it happen, the true freshman at quarterback for Jackson State. All right, one little realignment nugget before we say goodbye here on the FCS Fever podcast. Last week, you heard us talk a lot about watching the dominoes and how they fall around college athletics following the news that BYU, Cincinnati, Central Florida, and Houston are all headed to the Big 12. That means that three schools are plucked out of the American Football Conference, the American Athletic Conference. Uh, Mike Oresco, he is not going to uh, stand pat. He is going to add schools. Uh, I feel like this is going to hit certainly the group of five, obviously, and will trickle down to the top tier of the FCS. Keep an eye on what's going on in Harrisonburg. James Madison is very vocal about uh, how they're now and about how their future looks in the FCS. I would not be shocked to see James Madison in the coming weeks. There be an announcement somewhere about realignment that JMU is included in a move to the FBS with their college football program. They've got the setup. They've got the funding. They've got the facilities and the success. And they certainly have the head coach in Kurt Signetti. My guess, my prediction, the Sun Belt. I think the American will pluck a few teams from the Sun Belt. 
uh, and also potentially out of the Mountain West Conference as well. I would not be surprised to see James Madison move up to the FBS and have the announcement that they will join the Sun Belt Conference in the next couple of years, vaulting their uh, college football program uh, up to the FBS level. No inside thoughts. Sources tell me that JMU is, you know, they're, they're certainly looking around and trying to figure out what's best. Their statement last Friday did not keep a lot of confidence, if you will, in staying put in the CAA. There was no mention of their current league membership. Um, so that's, the, that's where I'm going with that. James Madison, be on the lookout in the next few weeks or so. Would not be shocked to see that announcement as realignment in that uh, merry-go-round continues to move forward. All right, that's going to do it for us. A fun recap of another busy weekend. FCS fever injected into the FBS. Two more wins now, eight total on the season. FCS over FBS, the most since 2017. Stay with us later in the week. We'll have a look into the weekend. A big-time matchup coming up. James Madison at Weber State is the game of the week around FCS college football. We'll highlight that and more on the FCS Fever Podcast. My name is Jeff Colhane. Thank you for listening. Have a great day, everybody. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.